Well, greetings, friends, fellow patriots, and fellow citizens, and welcome to this week's edition of the We the People Convention News and Opinion Podcast. My name is Tom Zawistowski. I'm the president of the We the People Convention and the host of this podcast, which is paid for by the generous donations of our members. You can donate if you go to wethepeopleconvention.org and just click on the donate link, and we appreciate you know everybody who does that. For those who are new to the podcast, this show is dedicated to protecting and defending our individual freedom, liberty, and prosperity. This is a show about you, about us, and about what we can do to protect ourselves and our nation. So, you know, that's what you're going to see throughout this show. And I think uh, last week we had a really big increase in viewership. I thank all of you who watch the podcast for telling others about it. We're growing, you know, our our footprint across the country. Uh, We are a national organization. We have, you know, members in every state. And, um, you know, we're, we're growing that because people are coming here to get news and analysis that kind of ferrets out all the propaganda and focuses on what you is really true and what you need to know and what you need to do about it. So we don't just talk, though we talk a lot on this show uh, because we're trying to explain things, but we act. And I will ask you to act throughout this show on various things. And we hope that you will, will, will do that when, when we ask you to do that. So welcome to this week's edition. It's a pretty long show. And uh, for those of you who are new to the show, uh, there's a video on our website at wepeopleconvention.org that talks about how to consume social media. And and one of the key points is that the problem with Facebook and Twitter and, and all this stuff is it's just bang, 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 bang. Well, things don't go into long-term memory unless you can stop and think about them. Okay? So during this show, I encourage you, in all of our podcasts, and any podcast you watch, and even on a TV show, when you hear something that was important to you, stop and think about it for a couple of minutes before you go on to the next thing. That's how your brain works. It will then help put it in long-term memory, and you won't just forget about it. Okay? That's part of the problem we have in our society today. We're not learning things, and we're not building our knowledge because we're just moving from thing to thing to thing. During this show, I'm going to cover a whole host of topics that are very important to you, or I wouldn't put them in the show. But I want you to just use that technique to just stop. You just hit the, the stop button on the player, and, and then think about it for a second, okay? Or maybe make some notes. That also helps put it in your memory. And you don't have to watch this podcast start to finish, though I know many do, okay? You can watch it on Roku TV, Amazon Fire TV, Rumble on our website at wethepeopleconvention.org. You can listen on Apple iTunes. But you don't have to go through the whole thing at one sitting. You can listen to part of it and then stop, think about it, come back to it later that day, the next day, okay? It's important how you consume information because, you know, you know the, the um, you know, John Nesbitt, and his book, Megatrends, which I quoted in my first, you know, business plan from our family business said, the key to the information age isn't the access to information, but the ability to select the information that's important and to retain it. This show is selecting information for you. We're looking at all the noise, all the stuff that goes on that's crazy that you don't need to care about. And tries to just focus you on things that you should care about 
Why? Because they affect your freedom, liberty, and prosperity. That's why I bring them to you. That's the filter I use. Okay. So we got a lot to cover this week. It's been a busy week. Lots of big things that affect you have happened. And so let's get after it. So we've been doing this for many months and we will continue to do this until the, the January 6th political prisoners are freed. What's happening in our state and our you know, capital is absolutely illegal, unconstitutional. Holding these people for a year without a speedy trial, without bringing charges in solitary confinement. Uh, I'm going to talk uh, some more about some of the uh, just egregious, horrific, disgusting things our government is doing to American citizens, okay? But we're fighting for them. And one of the ways we're fighting for them is we're supporting the Patriot Mail Project, patriotmailproject.com, where you can go and get the addresses of all the prisoners and their donation links, and you can send them letters and you, of encouragement and you can donate to help them. And I'm, I'm telling you, we're getting these letters from these prisoners. I'm going to share one with you in just a minute. Okay. That, that they need our support. A prisoner just wrote to one of our members that he forwarded to me this week that said, I'm getting released, but I'm going home and I have no job and we're going to lose our house. And, and, you know, my wife and I are going to be destitute. That's not justice. Okay. It's up to us to provide a safety net for patriots. Now, again, you know, I, I, I always bring this to this point. We must defend the January 6th you know, prisoners because any one of us could be illegally charged as they were. It could have been any of us. And it could still be any of us, as we'll talk about Steve Bannon and, and Project Veritas and all that stuff. Okay, we were under assault. Our government is attacking us, the people. Our government isn't serving us. They're attacking us. We must defend ourselves, which means we must defend each other. So I'm asking you to go to PatriotMailProject.com. Donate to the prisoners if you can. Even if it's $5, do something. Okay, write them a letter. I guarantee you, you won't regret that. Now, we start our projects every week with a prayer for the prisoners, asking God to give them strength and courage to give their family strength and courage, to give their lawyers knowledge and, and the ability to help get them out and win their freedom. And we pray to God to help us uh, bring justice to those who have so egregiously broken our laws and treated these people so horribly. And someday, you know, we want to see them face, uh, you know, the music, as it were, for what the acts they have done. So please join me. Just take 30 seconds bow your head and say a prayer for these for these political prisoners okay thank you thank you for doing that uh, I mentioned that we had uh, some letters uh, that came in, and I posted at the WeThePeopleConvention.org. If you go to this you know, story, read the letter and see the original drawing from January 6th, political prisoner Kyle Fitz, uh, Fitzsimmons. And, and this was really touching. Um, you, know, you can see this drawing that he did, uh, that he put out. Uh, you can see it on our website. There's a letter where he talks about what's going on in the prisons. And, and you know, 
I, I put it up there because I want you to personally feel what they're going through, okay? So you can connect to them because, you know, but for the grace of God, go I, right? And so that's why that's up there. Please go to WeedyPeopleConvention.org and read his letter. See the original drawing uh, for Kyle Fitzsimmons gave us. It's really touching. It's really important. The story I put out last week right after our podcast was very disturbing to me. And it was that the January 6th prisoners were gassed by the gods, uh, by the guards. They were gassed by the guards at the Department of Corrections facility. And I just was really upset by this. Uh, I said, it out and and you know it wasn't covered hardly at all because it happened like on a Friday night into Saturday. Um, multiple January 6th defendants were taken out of their cells on stretchers on Thursday, according to court filings. Uh, the situation started when one of the defendants refused to wear a mask. Family members of Kelly Meggs, who was being held in a DC jail, told Meggs' lawyer prison guards began spraying a chemical substance described as some kind of mace or pepper spray, according to fi uh, filings in the federal court. They sprayed mace or some type of gas at an inmate and kept missing. So it went into the intake that, that fed into the other cells, and the lady with the keys left because she didn't like the gas. So the inmates in the cells who were being fed the gas from the, that intake were locked in for like 15 minutes while it was not while it was going into their rooms and they couldn't see or breathe the family told Jonathan Mosley the lawyer more than one of the defendants was taken out on a stretcher to medical base Julie Kelly a writer for the American Greatest reported on Wednesday that prison guards filled an area of the jail with chemical spray and 3D three detainees have been taken out on stretchers okay so there you go now i got it they're trying to force him to wear a mask they're going to spray the one prisoner the other prisoners did nothing wrong. Where are the guards that are being put on leave and brought before a panel to explain what they did? Where, where's the damage done to those other inmates? They didn't do anything wrong. Where's the due process? Where's the court system? The answer, it's nowhere to be found. Okay. But we are pushing and these letters that they're talking about from, you know, from the, Political prisoners, they're saying their spirits are strong, they're fighting, they are getting released slowly but surely, okay? And and we're building our case. And and I want you to know that I've been in touch with uh, of the father of Jake Lang. Uh, his father, Ned, is trying to do a documentary about what happened in the prison. So I've been trying to help him. And believe it or not, I guess that Jake, who's in prison, has been, you know, for all these months, can do a podcast. And he has asked me to join him on his podcast. And I have agreed to do that. So what's going to happen is I'll do his podcast and I'll record it and I'll play part of that with you because I'd like to ask him some questions if I can. Again, I'm not sure what the rules will be for this podcast, but I, you know, we are in direct contact with family members, with prisoners. Right. And we are fighting for them. We are helping their lawyers. Uh, you know, Ned, uh, his father, Ned, and I talked about, you know, uh, contacting a law firm about some class action lawsuits. We're trying to pursue every means we can. And it's thanks to your donations that we can spend money on lawyers and on other things that will help these prisoners. That's why you support the We the People Convention. Okay. All right. So that's our update on the prisoners. 
The big news, obviously, was yesterday's announcement that I'm sure you were all very excited about. Kyle Rittenhouse was found not guilty on all charges uh, in the homicide case up in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And folks, it was, you know, really upsetting that this was even brought. It was evident from the very beginning. The first time we saw the video, we said this guy was defending himself. He was attacked, right? He's the one that got hit in the back of the head with a skateboard. He's the one that had a gun pointed at him. He's the one that was threatened. And so this was a political attack. And it wasn't just a political attack on Kyle Rittenhouse. It was a political attack on you and me, okay? So, you know, you're hearing all kinds of comments about this. And, you know, again, I, I told my wife, Nan, you know, yesterday as we were watching the coverage, I'm so sick of these opinions by people who don't have a right to have an opinion. Now, you're watching this show. It's a news and opinion show. And I think you respect my opinion. But I work very hard to, to say things that are important that aren't being said, to bring something new to this, okay? So there's a couple things that are just really disturbing about this. First of all, the intimidation of the jury. All right? This nonsense of the, you know, this Black Lives Matter, you know, leader doing a video saying, we know who the jurors are and we're going to get them. The MS LSD reporter who was chasing the van that was carrying the jurors you know, trying to identify them, who was stopped by police, and then the judge, thank God, banned MSLSD from the courtroom. That's disgusting. They should be held in contempt. They should be fined by that judge, okay? The, the whole, you know, issue of, you know, the, 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 you know, the media trying to intimidate this jury and the people, the rent-a-mob outside the courthouse who were basically trying to tell the jurors, if you vote the wrong way, we're going to get you. Here's the take I got on that. What the hell is going on with the police in Kenosha, with the police at the courthouse, with the governor, with the FBI, with the DOJ? Their job is to protect our court system. They can't allow these criminals, it is a felony to try to intimidate a jury. It's a felony. Every person outside that courtroom should have been moved back so their voices could not be heard in the court. They have a right to free speech. They don't have a right to intimidate the jury. The leftist former college professor, governor of Wisconsin, who I can't wait to see just get drubbed when he runs for re-election, is personally responsible for all of this. Because remember, which no one brought up, he refused help from Donald Trump to stop the violence in Kenosha because he's a lefty, woke joke. He's responsible for the $50 million worth of damage in Kenosha of businesses. He's responsible for Kyle Rittenhouse being there in the first place. And he's responsible for allowing these threats. Because here's what he said. He said, I plead for everyone to you know, remain calm and peaceful regardless of the verdict. That's not the message. The message is, we believe in the rule of law. We will not tolerate 
anyone acting out in a violent way, regardless of what the verdict was in this trial, you will be charged, you will be, you will be arrested, you will be prosecuted, and you will be face the full extent of the law. We will not tolerate what happened in Kenosha in 2020. See the difference in those messages? He didn't say that. That's the problem, folks. That's the problem. There's not the people who are in charge, and we're going to talk more about this in the show, don't do the right things. They do the woke, joke, stupid things. You know, the thing that just also got me were, as you watch the video that they showed, the drone video, again, there's some questions about what was the FBI doing with drones over Kenosha, and like, they could have drones, but they didn't have any officers to stop him, and they didn't arrest anybody. Well, why were you doing drone video if you weren't going to arrest anybody? But here's the real question. The real question is, not why was Kyle Rittenhouse there, because he was there to protect private property, this car dealership, okay? The question is, why weren't a hundred other Kenoshans there with their guns? You think they don't have guns in Kenosha, Wisconsin? You think those people don't own guns? Why weren't they protecting their own property? See? That's an interesting question, isn't it? Because here's something that you know nobody talks about. In 2020, when they had riots in what, I don't know, 340 cities or something like that? You know what the insurance cost of that was? Two billion dollars. The highest year ever of insurance claims was like before that was like 880 million. This is with hurricanes and stuff. The rioting caused two billion dollars of insurance claims. Guess who pays that? Who pays that? You do. I do. Insurance companies don't pay the claims. Their policyholders pay the claims. Guess what happened to insurance rates for commercial properties? They went through the roof. Every business, every business in America is paying this $2 billion. See, nothing's free. So you can say, well, I'm not going to protect my property. And the police department, who you pay taxes for, and the mayor and the city council and the governor that you pay taxes for, they're supposed to protect your property because you already paid for it. And then when they don't, you got to pay again. You should be angry about that. That affects you, right? That affects you. So the next part of this thing that just really got out of control, first of all, was the lies. They literally called this him a white supremacist when there were no black people involved. And yet, surveys are showing that like 25% of Americans thinks he shot black people. Total lie. Absolute total lie. Okay? They, they, everything about this trial was a lie. That he traveled across state lines. He didn't that he was an out-of-state or interfering. His father, his best friend, all these people live in Kenosha. That's why he was there. That he wasn't allowed to have the gun, right? And get this, it's stunning. Last night in Tucker Carlson, they showed a clip from ABC's national news broadcast where ABC said yesterday, Friday, today is November 20th, Saturday, on Friday, after the 
the jury you know, uh, was announced, the verdict was announced, ABC News put on its national broadcast that Rittenhouse was on trial for, for killing you know, uh, protesters, okay, in Kenosha who were protesting the death of Jacob Blake. The death of Jacob Blake. Guess what? Jacob Blake's not dead. Jacob Blake was shot by police, but he didn't die. And Jacob Blake was wrong. He was a criminal. He was armed. They rioted in Kenosha under false pretenses that the police just wantonly shot an unarmed black man. He wasn't unarmed. He had a knife. He admitted it. They don't care. But my God, ABC News literally told a complete lie to how many hundreds of thousands, I hope it's only hundreds of thousands, of people watch that garbage. That should worry all of you. Because that's how bad they're willing to lie. That's how bad the quality of their news is. It's not news, it's propaganda. So what was really on trial was our right to defend ourselves. And you heard them. You heard what the people said, okay? That, you know, the, 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 the prosecutors were telling Kyle Rittenhouse that he should have taken his beating, that shooting these people who had a gun pointed at you is wrong. And that's what this whole transportation across state lines is about, right? Because they're looking at gun laws. They're trying to make self-defense illegal. Right? Why? Because they want to be able to destroy your community with impunity, right? They control the police and, and say, stand down. Oh, they have a right to, quote, unquote, Blow off steam, don't you know? But oh no, don't go into the Capitol with your horn hat on and blow off steam where you didn't burn anything, didn't wreck anything, didn't hurt anybody. No, no, you're going to go to jail, right? Chewbacca man's going to go to jail for three years, but you can blow off steam by burning police cruisers, hitting police in the head with bricks, you know, uh, burning car dealerships. That's just what they're trying to do. This trial was a trial of our constitutional right to not only carry firearms, but to use them in self-defense. That's why we have castle laws. So you can shoot someone who comes into your house without asking any questions because they're trying to make it illegal to defend yourselves. They want to take your guns because they know, as Kyle Rittenhouse proved, that when pushed, we will use them to defend ourselves. That's why this verdict was so important. Okay, and then and then you know, the last thing I'll say about this: always, I'm, I always ask you, question everything, see with your own eyes, hear with your own ears, think with your own brain. Okay, so we're watching last night, and right after it's over, all the news reporters are across the street from the courthouse and they're saying, you know, there's a mob of protesters on the Capitol, on the court steps. I turned to Nan and I said, Nan, there's doesn't look like there's 20 protesters. It's all media. And it was. 
There was no mob of protesters. And then later that night, Fox News is streaming for hours on Hannity, uh, you know, on, on the Ingram show. They're streaming protesters in New York who are upset with this verdict. And at one point, the guy walking with the microphone let it out. There were 150 protesters in New York City that has like 12 million people. They're nothing. Why are you giving them that microphone? Why are you streaming this? You know why? Because they want ratings. They want other people in other cities to see while they're protesting in New York, we need to start protesting in our city. It's disgusting. That's a non-story. 150 paid, I guarantee you, those people were paid to get out there to do that photo op. Don't buy the lie. We are the vast majority. America spoke. Those juries, jurists spoke for us. They spoke for freedom and liberty. They said, I will not be intimidated, and God bless them. But damned anyone in government who doesn't protect them. Damn them. Because we have the best court system in the world, regardless of how bad it is. The only reason it's bad is not the system, it's the leftists in the system who undermine the system. That's the problem with our court system. It's not the system, it's the people on the left in the system. Okay, hope that added some perspective, some things maybe you didn't think about, okay? But this, you know, this again just shows you that in the system there's bad people. Jim Jordan came out with an article this week that basically showed that Merrick Garland, the attorney general, lied to Congress, okay? That they are targeting parents, despite his denials. The top Republican of the House Judiciary Committee was asking Attorney General Merrick Garland about his October testimony to that same committee, citing a document unearthed by a whistleblower that shows the FBI started using a specific tag to track threats related to schools. We are now in receipt of a protection disclosure form uh, from protection disclosure from the Justice Department whistleblower showing that the FBI Counterterrorism Division is compiling and categorizing threat assessments uh, related to parents, including a document directing FBI personnel to use a specific threat tag to track potential investigations, writes Jim Jordan of Ohio in a November 16th letter to Garland. The disclosure provides specific evidence that federal law enforcement or uh, operationalized counterterrorism tools at the behest of the left-wing special interest groups against concerned parents, Jordan adds, referring to the National School Board Association. So if you go to our website and look at this story about the leaked email show Garland and the FBI are targeting parents, you'll actually be able to see Jordan's letter to Garland and the memo from, that, from the FBI that was leaked. And you can see that they're targeting people. And so Garland's a damn liar, and he lied to Congress. He needs to be removed from his position, right? They're going to go after Steve Bannon, which we're going to talk about next, okay? But he lied to Congress, and what's going to happen to him? Well, here's the proof. America's first mom raided by FBI since October 4th DOJ memorandum. She fought against voter fraud, critical race theory, and forced masks in school. This story just came out, and I was I was surprised. But here it is. 
an FBI SWAT team raided the home of an activist mother in, of three in Colorado on Tuesday, November uh, 15th, knocking down her door, bursting into the house, and handcuffing her while she was home. Uh, her homeschooled children watched. This is the first known case of federal government making good on its promise to not only intimidate, but actually carry out a raid on a mom who was involved in her local school board politics, says Brandon House, who interviewed Sharona Bishop on his live broadcast on Lindell TV Wednesday night. Sharona broke the story on Lindell TV an hour earlier on the Lindell Report. Let's see here. Uh, she's from Sharona Bishop of Grand Junction, Colorado. Uh, said besides being a frequent attendee at her local school board meetings, Bishop also has been an active in voter integrity movement in her state and locality. She runs the website americasmom.net, and on that site she featured an article and video under the title "We the Parents: How Do We Get Here?" She said she has not been guilty. She is not guilty of anything but speaking her mind in accordance with her First Amendment rights. She said the agents would not tell her why they were searching her home. They did leave behind documents related to the search warrant saying they entered her home because she was suspected of causing intentional damage to a protected computer, wire fraud, and conspiracy to cause damage to a protected computer, whatever that means. <clears throat> I don't know anything about this, she said. They couldn't explain any of this. I will tell you why. They were at my home to intimidate me, to shut me up because I was using my First Amendment rights to advocate for Mesa County Clerk Tina Peters on the issue of the Dominion voting machines and the damage done in our election. And they'll never be accountable. Instead, they will criminalize this woman who has stood up. So, again, it's real. We talked about that when Merrick Garland you know, said this. I talked to you about my personal experience as one of the top targets of the Obama administration when they used the IRS to target the Tea Party. And we come to the moment where we have to stand our ground and realize that there are casualties in battle that you have to fight and you may have to pay a price. This woman says, in Colorado, they ain't intimidating me. I'm not shutting up. That's what you have to say. You need to get a lawyer. You need to sue. You need to fight. But you don't give in. Okay, you don't get in, give in, and that's you know. And again, and you, and you speak with your feet. This is a story about Loudoun County, right? About this, we're talking about schools and stuff. The Loudoun County Public Schools, the school district, has become a political hotbed amid an alleged rape cover-up and implementation of critical race theory, and seeing a mass exodus of students that is set to cost millions of dollars in state funding, according to the newspaper Loudoun Now. The outlet reported that. Enrollment is down 7% from projections that align with the rate of population growth in the county, which could translate into a loss of $7 million in state funding. Despite the decline in students, of course, the, the, the school district is asking the state to maintain their current levels of funding, even though they've lost 7% of their students, right? Now, Loudoun uh, is, is you know ground zero for this, and Yunkin, who won Virginia mostly because of people's outrage about the school system and CRT and the trans you know, agenda, okay? He's talking about school choice. I talked to you over and over. We must crush the unions and we must crush government education. It's got to be vouchers. School choice, the money has to follow you. And all of you should be on your legislatures pushing for that. We've got to break the government, the union monopoly, the leftist monopoly on our education. 
So I found this really cool website that you need to go take a look at. It's called publicunionfacts.com, publicunionfacts.com. And in this, you can put in like any your union you want and find information about their income and their spending. Now, again, I, I always tell you, I will never tell you anything that I can't back up. I'm not a propagandist. I believe in the truth. I believe in facts, okay? So I thought, well, let's play around with this. As I'm in Ohio, let's look at a couple things. Because I keep saying, if you as a person elected to the school board do not get rid of the teachers' union and have all teachers be at-will employees, just like you are at your job, if you don't work in a union shop, okay, then there you are funding our enemies. You're funding the people who are destroying us. So here you go. I'll give you three examples. Take a look here. The Ohio Association of Public School Employees. They bring in $14,644,425 a year, at least if they brought in in uh, 2020, I believe this was. Okay. Guess what they spent? See the little chart on the lower right corner, which, which shows a bunch of blue circle and then a little slice of red? They spend 98%, 10 million of the 14 million on Democrats, Democrat candidates. They only spend 1.6% on Republicans. Okay? Do you see? Those, that money, that 14 million comes from the dues that the teachers pay into their union, right? This is the Ohio Association of Public School Employees. So that's where the money comes from. Well, where do they get that money? They get it from you because it's it's part of their salary, okay? Let's take another look here. Ohio Teachers Association. Uh, let's see here. I got to get this restructured one second. Oh, transform. It won't fit on the screen here. Just one second. Okay, there we go. Here's the uh, Ohio Teachers Association, or, or Ohio Federation of Teachers. Yeah, the chart's a little better, right? Yeah, that's the Ohio Education Association. You can see that they only give 86% to Democrats. Of $22 million, they give 86% to Democrats and only 13.9% to Republicans. And then, and then you can go to Ohio uh, Public Employees. Let me just take a look at this chart here. I'll bring this up. Here's the uh, chart that shows the uh, federal um, uh, employees, the state employees. If I can get my right thing here, and you can see another. This is These are public school employees, and it's a tiny fraction. A tiny fraction. Okay? So what I'm proving to you is that when I say we must defund the unions because they are the ones funding the left, there's your proof. That's your money. And again, add it up, uh, 10 million, uh, another 10 million, and, and 2 million, $22 million in Ohio alone going to who? Leftist organizations who are teaching your kids critical race theory, who are, are electing Democrats who are communists, who are bringing, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, bathroom laws to, to your city and your community, to your city council, who are destroying your community. Stop funding them. That's what you have to do. Okay. 
All right, got a couple more stories here. I know I told you it's going to be a, a tough show. There's a lot going on. This is important. They they indicted Steve Bannon. I talked to you about that last week, and he had to show up on Monday for his hearing. I want you to go to wethepeopleconvention.org and watch this short video of his statement outside the courthouse, okay? Because Steve Bannon is a fighter. He is not going to give in, Okay. Steve Bannon hit out against a misdemeanor from hell as authorities released him Monday with prosecutors not seeking to detain him prior to trial. If the administrative state wants to take me on, bring it, said Bannon. We're going on offense. Bannon warned that, the, that Biden and the Democrats should ask Hillary Clinton what happens when goes against him and Donald Trump. Bannon's lawyer, David Schoen, told reporters the committee was a scam from the beginning. He said the committee is comprised of people who have made uh, prejudgment publicity, meaning the outcome has already been determined. This is, is not an investigative committee, and we don't have to comply. Watch this video and see how Steve Bannon fights back, how he's not intimidated. That's I, I put it up there on our website so you can see it and, and take strength from it, Okay. You can see that we can't be intimidated. He's indicted by a federal grand jury, and he's still saying, screw you. This is going to be the misdemeanor from hell. I'm going to make you pay. I'm going to embarrass you. And, and so what do we got? We have a poll that came out that says the Bannon indictment and the O'Keefe Project Veritas targeting, we talked about that, Okay, where the FBI raided his home and that of a lot of Project Veritas employees, okay, and confiscated their phones and then leaked information to the New York Times until a judge said, wait a minute, you have no right to do that, okay? But, but here's what people are saying, and this is how we're winning. Uh, you know, 55% of people said the prosecution of Bannon is politically motivated, while just 34% said it was, na- was not. 11% said they weren't sure. 52% of like voters said the targeting of James O'Keefe for doing news reporting is politically motivated, while 29% disagree, 20% were unsure. Bannon carries the support of almost every Democrat demographic group in America in the poll, with a majority only amongst Democratic voters, 35 to 54, believing the prosecution is not political because they watch MSLSD and, and the Clinton News Network and, and, the, and read the New York Times and the Washington Compost, okay? Amongst whites, blacks, young, old, male and female likely voters, Bannon came out on top of Biden and the DOJ. Moderate voters also backed Bannon by 47 to 36%, with 17% unsure. Okay? People get this. We're not buying their lies. Right? We get it. We have a corrupt FBI and DOJ. Their, their approval is the lowest ever and earned, well earned. This is not going to turn out well, as you're going to see. Okay? And, and why is fighting back important? Okay. Let's go on a little quick trip here about things that are going on, because it hasn't been a good week for Joe Biden and his commie crew, okay? You know, Kyle Rittenhouse victory for us was a big loss for them, but these are just on top of a bunch of other losses. How about this one? 13-state bipartisan coalition wins COVID aid lawsuit against Biden administration. 
The lawsuit filed in April, April argued federal treasury officials cannot force states to relinquish control of their taxing authority in return for much-needed economic aid related, related to COVID-19. The states took specific issue with the stimulus bill provision that the coalition referred to as one of the most egregious power grabs of the federal government in the nation's history. This is a great victory for states' sovereignty, and it sends a clear signal to the administration and Congress that they must operate within the confines of the Constitution, um, of the AG from West Virginia, Patrick Morrissey said. Our lawsuit was designed to protect West Virginians from federal overreach. We have accomplished this. This decision by the courts also ensure our citizens aren't stuck with unforeseen bills from the feds years from now. Okay? So that's a loss for them. The state said, states' rights. You can't tell us what what to do with this money. We can do it. And you know what they're going to do with it? A lot of the red states are going to give it as a tax break to the citizens. And that's what Biden was trying to stop because the blue states, California, New York, weren't going to do that. They were just going to take the COVID money and give it to their lackeys, their cronies, their commie buddies. But the red states were going to give it as tax refunds, and the Biden administration said, you can't. Uh-oh. The court said, guess what? Yes, they can. You lose. We talked last week about the Fifth Circuit Court totally rejecting Biden's illegal OSHA vax mandate. And this week, that story just continued to build because OSHA withdrew the policy because of the court ruling, and all the cases around the country were consolidated in the 6th District uh, Court of Appeals here in Ohio, in Cincinnati. And it's going to go to the Supreme Court. But you know what? They're going to lose, because this is wrong. As the Fifth Circuit Court said, uh, issued a, they issued a stark rebuke to Biden's vaccine requirement for larger American companies in a ruling on Friday, stating that the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, the federal agency tapped in force mandate, was not created to make sweeping pronouncements on matters of public health affecting every member of society in the profoundest of ways. The mandate is a staggering overbroad overreach, Judge Kurt Engelhardt said, noting that it does not take into account the diversity of the workplaces across the country or the fact that COVID-19 is more dangerous to some employees than to others. Friday's ruling affirmed the pause, telling OSHA, quote, take no steps to implement or enforce the mandates until a further court order. They're shut down. There is no mandate. And if your company is telling you there's a mandate, they're wrong. There's not. Go to wethepeopleconvention.org. Grab this article. You can hit the share button. You can email, email it to your human resources department. You can, you can, you know, get a link sent to any other employees and fight them. They lost. You won. Here we go again. Judge rules against Biden on oil and gas drilling on federal lands. This was no small achievement. Judge affirms that Biden officials cannot legally halt all lease sales because Congress, by statute, has commanded that such lease sales happen on a regular basis. A federal judge on Monday issued a nationwide injunction on President Joe Biden's executive order to halt oil and gas operations on all federal lands in the name of fighting so-called climate change. Louisiana Attorney General Jeff Landry led the lawsuit, joined by 12 other states, and reacted to the court's decision, calling it good for America. This is a victory, not only for the rule of law, but also for the thousands of workers who produce affordable energy for Americans, Landry said. The president's executive order abandons middle-class jobs, 
cripples our economy and hits every America, everyday Americas where it hurts them most in their pocketbook. By executive fiat, Joe Biden and his administration have single-handedly driven the price of energy up, costing the American people where it hurts most in their pocketbooks. Biden's executive order bans middle-class jobs at a time when America needs them most and puts our energy security in the hands of foreign countries, many of whom despise America's greatness. Okay? Guess what? They're going to be able to start, you know, drilling again on federal lands. Joe Biden loses again. Federal overreach. They don't follow the law, but we fought them and we won. That's another big thing, right? So you, you just got... Three things right there. Well, the Rittenhouse case is four. Bang, bang, bang. Okay? And I do want to take a side trip here. Someone sent me a great video about um, an interview with a CEO of a trucking company. And on a web, a company I never heard of, a podcast I never heard of, but it was a really interesting you know, interview with this trucking company executive. They own 2,500 trucks. Here's a little tidbit you don't know, okay, that most Americans know. First of all, let's be clear. You need to understand and you need to tell everyone that you know the reason that there's shortages of products in our country right now and there's a hundred cargo ships off of California sitting there is because the California Environmental Protection Agency put standards on trucks that allow only trucks that are three years old to get to the docks to take the freight away. But it's worse than that. This guy told me in this interview that... As part of that same law, a year from January in 2023, the California EPA mandates that every truck in California be zero emissions. Zero. In a year from now. This guy owns 2,500 trucks that they haul, not just in California, but they take the goods from California and take it to Oklahoma and Texas and Michigan and Wisconsin, okay? They're going to try to force him to buy electric trucks? How's that possible? And the guy said, it's not possible. This is a man-made disaster. And remember how we talked about that Will Witt book? How to, you know, influence the people on the left. And it's not by telling them things, but by asking them questions. Here's your first assignment for this week. I want you to just bring up over the holidays what people just say, geez, why are we having all these shortages? And see what they say. And then say, geez, did you hear about that EPA ruling in California? How, how is that possible that people can meet that? And then talk about, do you know that they're going to make it so that you can't drive a truck into California in a year from now if it's not electric and yet there aren't electric trucks and who's going to pay to replace these trucks? Do you see how that convinces people? They will then figure out that their position is wrong. Okay? Just want to give you that little detour because we're winning, 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 right? So you just had, you know, three wins in a row right there. So here's another one. You're going to love this. It's not just white people. Democrats are losing normal voters of all races. And this is really an interesting article. I will post it, and everybody knows that if you go to wethepeopleconvention.org, on the front page, right, I'll show you the front page, there's a button, that's yellow button that says, click here for the podcast. And when you do that, you will get uh, uh, the links to all the stories that I put 
in the podcast, okay? Except for things that I make comments about. There is no story. I, it's my original comments and things, okay? So this is a story about the left trying to figure out what happened on that Tuesday election where they got creamed in Virginia and almost lost New Jersey. And, and I, it's just hilarious because Democrats fear they are losing white swing voters, uh, but the three studies suggest that it's the party's elite that are the real problem. So basically what they're figuring out is that the woke joke people in the Democrat Party, the people who are saying defund the police and teach critical race theory, they're the people who are throwing, pushing away not just white people, but blacks and Hispanics in droves, okay? But I want you to see this because the point I want to make when I read this to you is that, so they're doing a study, right? They called all these people in Virginia who had voted for, um, uh, you know, the Democrat governor uh, in 18, had voted for Biden in 20, and then voted for Yunkin in 2022, okay? And they were like, what happened to these voters? So now they're interviewing them. Listen how stupid they are. They can't even, they, they are, I, I think they're allergic to the truth. I, I think they literally have no understanding of that they cannot tell themselves the truth if their life depended on it. Because now they're trying to figure out what went wrong and they're lying to each other. Listen to this part of the article. Liberals often suggest that parents who are skeptical of the New York Times 1619 project reject the idea of teaching the truth about American history. More often, as with the woman in the focus groups, it's a question of framing rather than truth. Okay? So no, we're not wrong on the facts. You're just too stupid to understand. That's the elite, woke, joke, Dems, college-indoctrinated fools. Okay? But let's get this. Believing or convincing that we are, as people, are defined by the worst of the past might actually be true, but the concession is seen as cutting off any hope of a better future. So let me read it again. So believing or conceding that we as a people are defined by the worst of the past might actually be true. It's not true. You're not defined by the worst characteristics of you. You're defined by all of you. You're not defined by the stupid thing you did at a frat party when you were 20. You're defined by your life when you're 50 and you figured out right from wrong and good from bad. They don't get it. Okay? But but read this stuff, okay? The, the argument that slavery was essential to the development of capitalism in the United States is well-established scholarship by this point. But absent a call to overthrow capitalism, that notion, particularly when compressed into something an elementary student could absorb, loses any meaning behind beyond nihilism. And of course, parents of all races reject the framing and look askance at a party of elites who seem to be blithely suggesting, though not really meaning it. Get this, the overthrow of capitalist system that benefits them before all others. And if, the, and that, if they're not suggesting that, then what? So let me just read that again, okay? So, of course, parents will reject, so he says, but as a call to overthrow capitalism, the note, that notion, particularly when compressed into something an elementary school student could absorb, loses any meaning beyond nihilism. And so, of course, parents of all races reject the framing, Right? And look askance at a party of elites who seem to blithely suggest, though not really meaning, 
that the overthrow of a capitalist system that benefits them before all others is a good idea. It's insane. Levin, meanwhile, argues that Democrats need to lean into the kind of patriotic rhetoric that makes people, many progressives recoil. Now, you're gonna, your head's going to explode right now. So, you know, put your hands on your head, okay, because here we go. Democrats have the potential to split extremists off from traditionalists by couching democratic values as truly American and extremists as un-American. As an example of such problem, uh, possible rhetoric, he offered this. I love the American flag as much as any American, but I would never use a flagpole flying our flag as a club to assault other Americans that I call my enemies. Yeah, who's burning the flag? Who's using flagpoles to attack everybody? They are. But they're going to say, oh no, that one picture of someone who has got an American flag, he's an extremist, not like us Democrats. It's a damn lie. He says, that is not the American way. Or, here's another example. The values I grew up with are good values. I want them to endure. But the values of people who want to turn Americans against each other and divide our country are not my values. They're trying to have leftists say that to you, pretending that they're not dividing the country by telling your children that if you're white, you're an oppressor, and the little black kid next to you, he's oppressed. They're not the dividers. You are because you're fighting that, and you're fighting that because you don't want the true history of America, you know, racism taught, right? That's what you're afraid of. These people are dumb as a box of rocks. Go read the rest of that article. It'll make you nuts. And then, since we're talking about how we're beating their brains out this week, right? Kyle Rittenhouse wins. Rittenhouse gets, you know, uh, uh, self-defense is defended in his trial. We get the oil and gas drilling back. We get the right to spend our tax money as we see fit. We get the right to, you know, no OSHA vax mandates. Yeah. So here's a little tidbit. You want to you look at some things. Look at this. Republican wins Columbia, South Carolina, Meyer race. The county voted 68% for Biden in 2020. Look at that. Republican in, in South Carolina, Columbia, South Carolina, the second biggest city in South Carolina, a population of 136,000. A Republican got 52% of the vote when Biden had won it by 68% two years only. That's called they're losing blacks, whites, Hispanics, Democrats, blue-collar workers, people with freaking brains. We're beating their brains out. You need to recognize that. You need to be proud of that. And you need to take encouragement in that to continue your fight in your life to protect and defend our freedom, liberty, and prosperity. Okay? We're going to take a short break. We'll be back. You're listening to the We the People Convention News and Opinion Podcast. And my name is Tom Zawistowski. The We the People Convention News and Opinion Radio Program is paid for by donors like you. You can donate to the We the People Convention and support our cause by going to wethepeopleconvention.org or by sending your check in any amount to We the People Convention, P.O. Box 6211. 
Akron, Ohio, 44312. All right, and we're back, and we're glad you're with us. And again, you know, I'm sure you may have paused during the first half of the show. Uh, we're glad you're back for the second half. We would invite you to do the same thing, okay? Lots of information here. You can get it at wethepeopleconvention.org and share it. That's important. But most of all, you need to take it in so you can talk intelligently about what's going on and and and, and basically help fight the fight to take back, uh, to restore our nation. We're not going backwards. We're going forward. We're going to restore our constitution and our nation. And we're going to talk about a lot of that right now. Okay, so the other big news that affects you and I personally, okay, is last week, the, the, the traitor Republicans, 13 in the House, 19 in the Senate, completely betrayed us by passing the quote-unquote infrastructure bill, $1.2 trillion, okay? That was bad enough. The House on Friday passed the Build Back Better or Worse plan, I guess is the best way to put it, okay? By uh, that, you know, they really wanted, you know, to basically transform America. That's, that's what they're going to do. Right. And so we're going to talk now about this. First of all, you need to understand it's a bait and switch. Here's the figures. All right. They claim that the official cost is going to be like $2.3 trillion. But as you can see in this chart, uh, you can see the permanent cost is $4.9 trillion. That's $3 trillion more than they're telling you. Okay. So they're lying to us. But what's new about that? So what's in it that's bad? House Democrats on Friday approved this sweeping measure to strengthen the nation's social safety net programs, don't you know, and to begin to respond to a climate crisis, which doesn't exist, which we'll talk about shortly, that doesn't exist, don't you know, and a sorely needed show of progress for President Biden's legislative agenda. Even, even as it faces more hurdles, the bill passed 220 to 213 with support from all but one Democrat and no Republicans. Good for the Republicans, at least they didn't support that, okay? Still, the social spending bill, which Democrats call Build Back Better, would advance numerous priorities that progressives have been seeking for years, including expanding Medicare coverage to include hearing aids, allowing the federal government to negotiate some Medicare drug prices, implementing universal preschool for three- and four-year-olds, and providing childcare subsidies for most Americans. Again, building the nanny state, taking your money, and, and giving it to the government so they can run your life. They want your children. They want to indoctrinate your children when you're three and four year old. Okay? That's what this is about. Rep Representative John Yarmouth, a Democrat from Kentucky, called it the most consequential legislation for American families since the New Deal. Yeah, the New Deal, which wasn't such a great deal. Promising that it will overhaul, and I love this one, reimagine Oh, just reimagine. It's a fairy tale. Reimagine entire sectors of our economy and society that so that everyone, not just those on the top, will benefit from a growing economy. The economy won't grow because you're sandbagging the economy with government debt. Okay? That's the point. But that overhaul, as well as the cost, has drawn strong rebukes from Republicans. This is an absolute disgrace, uh, Representative Jason Smith from Missouri said of the bill. He said some provisions being considered, such as paid family leave and reinstating part of the federal reduction on state and local taxes, would benefit the wealthy at the expense of the middle class. It will change America as we know it. Okay, now what he's talking about there is that 
Uh, paid family leave, for instance, they want you to be able to, you know, ha- have a child and be off for, for months and months and months. The problem is who's going to pay for that? They want small businesses to pay for that. Well, how are they going to pay for that? They, you know, they don't have the kind of money big corporations do, but see, but that's the point. This is all about fascism where the government and big corporations rule over us. Okay. So this is an attack on small business and then, you know, it, it benefits the wealthy. Donald Trump changed a very important thing in the tax bill. In New Jersey and California, they have the most obscene state income taxes. Okay. Cause they, that's, they're robber states, right? They're socialists. They're commies, right? So what do they do though? The, the feds, the Dems long ago made it so that you could write off your state and local taxes on your federal income taxes, which means you and I are subsidizing Rich people, okay? You get it? So Trump got rid of that. California and, and New York went nuts. They're putting it back in with this bill, okay? Uh, Kevin McCarthy, who you know did a thing where he spoke for eight hours, the longest ever by any House you know, uh, minority leader to try to stop the bill. I think it was a stunt. I don't think it stopped anything. They voted right after he got done talking. It didn't stop anything, so I'm not going to give him a lot of credit for that. Uh, said it would cost this bill, uh, if it passes, would cost the Democrats 63 seats in next year's midterm elections. I agree with that. He says, for the first time in the country, um, first time in the country, uh, McCarthy said, previewing his party's midterm election message, this generation doesn't believe that they'll be better off than the generation before them. This bill almost guarantees that. They are guaranteeing they're going to have to pay more and get less. After passage in the House, the current bill will go through a gauntlet in the Senate where it will likely be changed, perhaps significantly, to get the support of all 48 Senate Democrats and two independents. Okay, so this is where Manchin and Cinema come in. So they passed in the House. That's not a surprise. It's all about the Senate, okay? The Senate is expected to strip the House provision for four weeks of paid family medical leave due to opposition from Senator Joe Manchin, okay? Number one, the House bill provides deportation protection to immigrants who've been in the country illegally since 2011, a much less immigration policy than Democrats had hoped for, but still something that Republicans don't support, okay? So it's amnesty for illegal immigrants, Anybody who came in before 2011, no harm, no foul. You're an American citizen. Oh, by the way, vote Democrat. Okay? Uh, the bill is also expected to expand the federal reduction on state and local taxes, which we just talked about. Okay? Now, but here's the bottom line on this thing. This is the Green New Deal. That's what this is about. And now I'm going to go through this because it's really important that you understand what they're trying to do. The budget reconciliation proposal passed by the House would make the biggest climate investment in U.S. history at half a trillion dollars. It would also move Biden closer to his administration's admissions ambitious goal of reaching net zero carbon emissions by 2050. The bottom line, the majority of the funding, totaling more than $300 billion, would provide tax incentives for expanding clean energy generation, electric vehicles, transmission lines, and other infrastructure to curb greenhouse gas emissions. Significant additional provisions would bolster the nation's resilience against climate-friendly, against damages caused by climate change and target climate-friendly investments in clean energy technology development, manufacturing, and supply chain. Okay, now wh- what does that mean? Okay, 
the consumer incentive, it's a bribe. They're going to be giving out money under the guise of, don't you want to save the planet? And they're going to do that before next year's election to try to buy your vote. Okay? The changes that people will likely notice most directly and immediately are tax credits, rebates, and other incentives aimed at encouraging companies and consumers to go green. The credit on electric vehicles, for instance, would increase from the current maximum of $7,500 to $12,500 for you to buy an electric car that are manufactured in union factories in the United States. So this is the Democrats paying back the UAW for electing Biden. Okay? Your tax money's going to be paid so they will do it what? Again in 2022, uh, 2024. Okay, here you go. Car buyers will get the rebates right at the time of sale instead of having to wait until they file their taxes. The tax case begins phasing out for individuals making over 250000 a year and joint filers making over 500000 It's still a giveaway to the rich. The House would extend the credits for installing solar panels, geothermal pumps, small wind turbines, and other residential clean energy projects covering up to 30% of the cost of the system. The White House estimates that it could cut the cost of installing rooftop solar by 30% and shorten a payback period by roughly five years. The proposal includes about $6 billion for qualifying electrification projects, such as converting gas or fossil-fueled power appliances to electric alternatives or installing a heat pump system. Heat pumps, for instance, could qualify for rebates of between $1,250 and $4,000, depending on the type and efficiency of that system. That's a maximum of $10,000 or half of the project cost. This is money that you will be able to get. Now, we're not stupid, right? If I can get the government to give me money to put solar panels on my house that will save me money down the road, yeah, we're going to take advantage of that, except... It's all wrong. It's they're taking money, they're printing money that we don't have that our children have to pay back to give you these incentives. Okay? But they're really bribes. Now here's the one I want to focus on. In this bill is eight hundred million dollars for the climate conferencing, the climate conservation corps. Climate conservation corps. A key aspect of the resilience measures in the Build Back Better proposal is funding for a new civilian climate corps, modeled in part after Franklin Delano Roosevelt's popular New Deal era civilian conservation corps. The climate program would hire hundreds of thousands of young people to restore forests and wetlands and guard against the effects of rising global temperatures. While it may take time to launch the initiative, the only certain segment of the population will be eligible and only certain segments will be eligible, it could ultimately be an attractive employment option for America's youth. Let me read some to you. Remember this book I told you about, this coffee table book? Okay, 10 Global Trends That Every Smart Person Should Know Because All the Smart People Who Are Indoctrinated in College Are Stupid and Don't Know that poverty is down, that, that the food shortages are down, that, you know, that population growth has flattened, okay? Let me read for you. More land for nature. Trend number six. The global tree canopy increased 
by 2.24 million square kilometers, which is 865,000 square miles between 1982 and 2016 reported researchers at the University of Maryland in a September 2018 study in Nature. The land area is larger than Alaska and Montana combined. Using satellites to track the changes of various land covers, they found that gains in forest area in the temperate, subtropical, and boreal climate zones are offsetting declines in the tropics. In addition, forest area is expanding even as areas of bare ground and short vegetation are shrinking. And here's a map Okay, here's a chart they put out that shows that we're gaining forests naturally because you know what? Trees love carbon. So why do we need a climate core of hundreds of thousands of youth to go out and plant trees? $800 million to create the Nazi youth. Climate Nazis who are going to be do what? They're going to be used to attack your community, to force you to change your life, right? To force you to give up your car, to lower your thermostat, to change the way you live. That's diabolical, folks. That's sick. And I'm going to go on here to tell you about some things that, that they don't want you to know about. If I can get to that part of my program, I've got a whole section in the program here about climate change. And there's a video on our website that I'm going to tell you about. I probably should have brought it into this part of the program, okay? But just let me come back to this climate core, and you're going to see how stupid this really is. But let's move on forward to other stupid stuff. Pfizer secures $5 billion from U.S. government for 10 million courses of COVID-19 uh, pill. I talked about this pill last week, okay? And the U.S. government officials have reached an agreement with Pfizer that secures 10 million pills of the drug maker's COVID-19 pill. The government is paying $5.3 billion or $529 per pill, per course of the pill, okay? Maybe you have to take a couple of them. The price is due to the high committed volume of treatment courses being purchased through 2022. With similar agreements reached, uh, with several other countries. The deal is contingent on the Food and Drug Administration granting emergency use authorization to, to the treatment known as Paxlovid. The pill has not yet been authorized or approved anywhere in the world, but we're going to spend the money already, right? Getting vaccinated remains the most important action anyone can take to help protect themselves and others and end this pandemic. But for people who do not get sick in the future and are at risk of severe outcomes, having pills they can take to keep them out of the hospital could be a lifesaver. It's encouraging to see a growing understanding of the valuable role that oral uh, investigational therapies may play in combating COVID-19. And we look forward to continuing discussions with governments around the world to help ensure broad access for people everywhere. So we're going to, we, the taxpayers, they're stealing money from us to pay their buddy Pfizer $5 billion for pills that do what? They do the same thing as Invector, uh, Invect, uh, Invermectin, hydroxychloroquine, vitamin D3, and zinc 2. That cost pennies. That cost pennies. But they won't approve those things. They will only approve $5 billion for this crap. Okay? Tell me it ain't all about the money. Tell me it's about science. Right? 
And oh, by the way, get vaccinated and take that too, right? Because we want to make all the money. And there's a story on our website, and I won't go through the whole thing, but you got to read this because they are still pushing remdesivir, which we already know doesn't work and causes renal failure, meaning your kidneys fa fail and your liver fails, okay? And may be actually making the virus worse. How? By helping the virus morph into other, uh, like the Delta variant. They're, they're finding out that that happened. If you read this article, th this is the biggest, I, I just think it's, it's the biggest pr problem in the whole COVID thing is that they're pushing this drug that doesn't work. And they knew it didn't work. And Fauci knew it didn't work when they put remdesivir as it's approved and it's killing people in the hospital. Do not take this drug. If your loved one is in the hospital, read this article. Do not take remdesivir, okay? It's killing people. It should never be used, and they're pushing it. That's not to be confused with Regeneron, which is good, which works. Remdesivir, Regeneron. I get them confused. Try to keep them straight, but go look at this story. It's really important. Okay, so what is this all coming around to? Well, it's talking about how Joe Rogan is saying this is all moving towards what China has as a social credit score, right? Isn't that what this is all about? This is not about science. This is about the government being able to control your life. When your business can be open, when you know what you got to wear a mask or not, do you have to stay in your house or not? Can you drive your car across state lines? Can you get on an airplane? What can you can't you do? And we talked last week about Dr. Jordan Peterson, and that video is on our website, where he says they're going to morph this into climate change. They're going to morph this so that climate change is the biggest health threat in history, and therefore, you have to change the way you live to save the planet. And Joe Rogan talked about this on his podcast and says this is what scares him the most because they're working their way into our everyday lives in, in this in this diabolical way. And we've got to stop them. We've got to resist. That's why you got to fight the max mandates, vax mandates. That's why you got to think for yourself. That's why you got to find treatments that you want to take, not be told what you have to take. So, you know, it, it brings us down to this topic that I just want to tell you about. I posted this video. Now, last week I talked about Michael Schnellenberg and the fact that I could not get his book Okay, his book is called Apocalypse Never. And many of you wrote to me, you found me, place where I could maybe buy that book. Someone found a PDF of it on, on the internet, sent that to me. So I've been able to look at the book and start to read it. But I found this video of Michael Snellenberg. It's only 17 minutes long. You gotta watch this. Go to wethepeopleconvention.org. He gives a 17-minute speech about why renewables can't save the planet. It's the most common sense video on the climate you ever saw and anyone you know has ever saw. And so use the share buttons. So watch it, okay, and then learn from it and then share it. Because what he shows you unequivocally, there is no discussion Okay, based on the evidence, because we've been trying wind and solar and, and, and hydro and, and all kinds of other crazy, you know, back uh, growing seaweed to create power and all that. They all 
destroy the environment. And he documents it, and it's brutal. His statistics and the pictures on the bird deaths, I had no idea. And so his position is really clear. Renewables can't save the planet. You know what can? Nuclear. He makes the case flat out. The only way to save the planet, if it needs saved, is nuclear. And we're stupid because we haven't embraced it. Okay? And so why are we stupid? Well, I came across this article. Environmentalists spent a record $2.5 billion in one year pushing global warming ideology. The greenest thing about Big Green is its mountain of cash. New research from the Capital Research Center reveals that groups of the, on the environmental left poured a record $2.4 billion in, uh, into their programs in 2019. This stunning figure contrasts with the self-image of the environmentalist movement as David versus Goliath. All these big corporations pushing it back against these, you know, poorly funded environmentalists. Horse hockey, not true, okay? In reality, environmentalist uh, activists are some of the best-funded special interests in the country, and they receive no shortage of help from big oil and gas in promoting disastrous carbon taxes, federally subsidized subsidies for renewals, the Green New Deal, right, $4 trillion, and other cronyism. What we found is staggering. In a single year, these organizations raked in $2.669 billion dollars from donors, nearly all of who remain undisclosed. They're giving to charities where they don't have to disclose who they are. Okay? They spent $2.4 billion paying staffers, attorneys, activists, professional fundraisers, researchers, and lobbyists for and lobbying for environmental regulations. Okay? Which means the Green New Deal. They spent $2.4 billion paying politicians to fund them. Because guess who's going to get this money? They are. So, so just a, a quick list. Just go to the, the Wildlife Fund, World Wildlife Fund, $236 million. Environmental Defense Fund, $188 million. Natural Resource Defense Council, $173 million. Sierra Club, $150 million. World Resource Institute, uh, $120 million. National Audubon Society, $118 million. Sierra Club Foundation, $93.9. Earth Justice, $78 million. It's a big business. The reason climate change is still here, and Al Gore figured it out at the beginning. Al Gore's made more money for fake, with the fake climate change, okay? The, you know, the world has a temperature. He's been jobbing this for 25 years, okay? Flying around on his private jet, having his huge home that has an insane carbon footprint, telling you to turn your thermostat down, okay? But... Maybe some sense is coming. This was a good article, though it's got some interesting you know, things about it. Bill Gates picks Wyoming town to set up experimental nuclear reactor. TerraPower, a nuclear power venture founded by Bill Gates, announced Tuesday that it, was, it has picked a coal mining town in Wyoming as a site for building a $4 billion demonstration nuclear plant with partial funding from the U.S. government. TerraPower, along with GE Hitachi Nuclear Energy, has picked Kemmerer, Wyoming, a remote western town for building the natrium plant, following an extensive evaluation process and meeting with community members and leaders, according to a statement on the company's website. 
Factors for choosing Kermer included physical characteristics, infrastructure, and the ability of the site to obtain a license from the Nuclear Regulatory Commission. The 345-megawatt natrium demonstration reactor, scheduled to be opened in 2028, will essentially replace a Warren Buffett, his good buddy Warren Buffett, owned Mountain Coal Plant, which is due to be shut down in 2025. Construction of the new advanced nuclear plant is expected to give employment to around 2,000 people to build it, with 250 employees needed to support day-to-day activities activities after it's done. About half of the project funding, $1.9 billion, will be done by the U.S. government, a part of Joe Biden's infrastructure bill that was recently signed with, quote-unquote, bipartisan support. Okay? Along with the nature and plant, other advanced nuclear reactors are being supported by the government with the Department of Energy planning to invest $3.2 billion in such ventures over a period of seven years. Now, again, they're putting $1.9 billion into one they have $3.2 billion they're going to put into seven years. They're going to build, what, another one? We need to build a whole lot more, as you'll see in the video by, by you know, Michael Schnellenberg. But now I want to talk about this natrium reactor because I was curious about this. Okay. And here's a slide talking about it. Advanced nuclear reactors are smaller in size than compared to the traditional reactors and could be built in remote locations. The natrium reactor features a 345-megawatt sodium-cooled fast reactor with a molten salt-based energy storage system rather than water, which is used in today's reactors. This plant will have a capacity to power 250,000 homes, and when needed, the reactor could be boosted to 500 megawatts, enough power for almost 400,000 homes. Once a demonstration plant starts running successfully, Gates said, the concept could be quickly expanded and replicated elsewhere. That's good news. We need more nuclear. It is the answer. America made a huge mistake because of the left, because of the Three Mile Island video. We've stopped nuclear in our country to our peril. Okay? This needs to be done. I'm glad to see it. That's good news. Again, we're subsidizing it. Bill Gates has how much money? Why do we have to give him $1.9 billion? Why don't we just give him approval? It's a Who's going to make the money from this? I assume Terra Power, Bill Gates' company. That's the cronyism that we talked about that the lobbyists, the environmental lobbyists, lobby for. Bill Gates shouldn't get a dime. But he's going to tell us that we need to raise our taxes. He's a jerk. Other very important story that maybe you haven't picked up on. This is interesting. CNN. CNN is going to go back to a 100% news channel. Uh, uh, a good number of the talent and staff will be let go to align with that new mission. David Zalzavs vows to be very hands-on and in L.A. based in running Warner Brothers Discovery Channel. So they are being bought. CNN is being bought by Warner Brothers Discovery, and the guy that's going to run it says CNN, all their talent, all the liars, all the opinion people are going to be fired, and they're going to go back to what they were at the beginning, which was news. Who, what, when, where, why? Folks, this is huge. This would be great. This is why I don't watch Fox anymore. I watch One America News because One American News looks like CNN of old. How would you like to see that go, right? I like that. Thought you'd be pretty impressed with that. Okay, let's move on to another story. FBI hacked. Did you see this story? Bureau investigating 100,000 emails that they didn't send. 
The Federal Bureau of Investigation says it's aware of a report that unauthorized emails from a legitimate FBI address were sent to thousands of organizations. The FBI and CISA are aware of the incident this morning involving fake emails from ic.fbi.gov email accounts, the FBI said in a statement Saturday. This is an ongoing situation, and we are not able to provide any additional information at this time. The impacted hardware was taken offline quickly upon discovery of the issue. We encourage, the, we continue to encourage the public to be cautious of unknown senders and urge you to report success, suspicious activity to ic3.gov. Over 100,000 inboxes were hit with the emails, according to the Europe-based nonprofit Spam House Project, and warned about a sophisticated chain attack on the recipient's cyber infrastructure. The emails were meant to appear that they came directly from the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security. While the FBI has been involved in a number of boneheaded oversights in recent years, particularly as it pertains to their uncanny ability to actively surveil mass shooters just before they commit their heinous act, but not actually stopping them, this intrusive attack exposes a serious vulnerability that many Americans just didn't see coming. So how are they going to protect us when the FBI can't even protect themselves? Right? That's our problem. And how are they going to protect us against these guys, against the Russians? Here's what Russia did this week. Russia may have just shot down its own satellite, creating a huge debris cloud. This test will significantly increase the risk of, to astronauts and cosmonauts, it said. The seven astronauts and cosmonauts aboard the International Space Station sheltered inside their respective spacecraft, a Crew Dragon and Soyuz, on Monday morning as the orbiting laboratory passed through an unexpected debris field. This was not a pre-planned collision avoidance maneuver in low Earth orbit in which the station would use onboard propulsion to move away. Rather, the situation required the astronauts to quickly take shelter because the Russians just proved by shooting down one of their own satellites that they can shoot down one of our satellites. You think they think Joe Biden is weak? You think they're not pushing just like China? Yeah, they are. I'll give you a little Ohio news here because some of you guys had some questions about some things. I, I want to pass this out. This was good news. The Ohio General Assembly uh, passed legislation to qualify small businesses as essential during health emergencies. Um, you, let's see. The legislation allow you all businesses to qualify as essential and have an equal opportunity to remain open during a future public health emergency as passed the Ohio Senate. About time. These cowards wouldn't pass this when Democrat DeWine, our governor, was imposing the shutdown, and his lieutenant governor, John Houston, stood on our TV screens and said, if you don't shut down your bakery or your little you know, shop or your barber shop or whatever, we'll shut off your heat and your electric, okay? John Houston said that, right? If that isn't a commie, who is, right? But the legislature didn't pass anything then to say you can't do that, but they have now. Unanimous Senate passage on number 16th of amended House Bill 215, or the Business Fairness Act, seeks to prevent the wholesale closure of businesses such as smaller Ohio retailers considered non-essential under Ohio Health Department's orders on the onslaught of the Ohio uh, COVID-19 uh, pandemic 20 months ago. Ohio House Bill 215 is fundamental and changes necessary piece of legislation that seeks to bolster Ohio's economic recovery, specifically for small businesses, which we all know are the backbone of the state's economy, said Ohio Senator George Lang. Yeah, they were the backbone of the state's economy, but you did nothing to help them, and hundreds, if not thousands of them, permanently shut down because you did nothing to help them. But take credit for it now. 
Specifically, 215 permits any business that is required to close or minimize their operations due to the state health order to remain open so long as they can demonstrate their ability to meet safety protocols required of businesses that were deemed essential and were allowed to stay open during the pandemic. That was a key point. See, they said, well, geez, Lowe's and Home Depot and Walmart, you know, you guys can stay open. You just need to do this and that to be safe. But you got to close your small business. Well, why didn't I have the ability to do the same thing and stay open? This bill changes that. So I will give credit to the House and the Senate for finally passing this. You're 20 months late, but I guess we'll take it. All right. Now, many of you wrote to me, a surprising number of you wrote to me, Last about last week, you thought I would cover the story about Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan supposedly being redistricted out of his congressional district. Well, I didn't cover the story because I thought it was bullcrap. Okay, now I was really disappointed when Jim Jordan's team put out an email, a fundraising email, saying, you know. Nefarious people in Ohio are trying, are trying to, you know, jerry rig me out of my district and put me in with Columbus, and I would be in a district that was a plus nineteen Democrat district. Number one, that was bullcrap. It wasn't a plus nineteen Democrat district, and even with the Columbus part in there that was in one of the twos, the Senate and House map, which have since been merged, I said they would be okay. That that part of the, you know uh, Columbus. Jordan still could have won that race. But I knew this was just bullcrap. So here's the real map for all of you guys, okay? And what you'll see is the 4th District, the light blue. Now, it has changed from what it was. It used to go up into Cleveland and all that. Ohio lost a congressional seat. So we had to you know, change the map. But you'll see that, Joe, uh, that uh, Jim Jordan uh, just barely gets you know, close to Columbus in Delaware County. But he's in no danger whatsoever. That's why I didn't report it, because it wasn't true. And, and I'm sorry that I wasn't sensitive enough to all of you, because one wrote and said, and I agree with this, Jim Jordan is not just important to Ohio. He's important to all of America. Many of you see Jim Jordan as one of the top fighters for our freedom and liberty, and he has been, okay? But I didn't report because I thought it was just bogus. I probably should have reported it was bogus last week. So I apologize for that. But let your heart be settled, okay? He's not being, you know, jerry-rigged out of his own district. But understand, the Democrats are going to sue about this map. They call this map a disgrace. And now the court's going to get involved. So who the heck knows what our congressional map's going to look like in Ohio after the court's done. But for now, Jim Jordan is safe, okay? Feel good about that. Now, here's another story, because again, they keep telling you, you know, listen, there was no cheating in the 2020 election. And, you know, Trump's uh, cybersecurity guy said there was no evidence of foreign interference in the election. None. Trump's guy said that right after the election, unequivocally. Yeah, except for this. Iranian hackers stole U.S. voter data, pretended to be Proud Boys to disrupt 2020 election. Two suspects, Sayani Mohammed Hossein Musa Kazim and Saja Kashan, whatever. The security, cybersecurity uh, company, Enemet Pasaris, S-P-A-S-A-R-G-A-D, that, uh, that works for the Iranian government, okay, that they uh, indicted 
these two suspects and a grand jury in Manhattan federal court for downloading confidential voter data from 100,000 voters in an unnamed state in October 2020. That then they used it in an attempt to intimidate voters by sending out threatening emails where, uh, where positioning members of the far right, pretending to be members of the far right group of Proud Boys, according to the indictment. You are currently, this is what the email said, you are currently registered as Democrat, and we know this because we have uh, access to your entire voting infrastructure, the email stated. You will vote on election day for a Republican, or we will come after you. Change your party affiliation to Republican, uh, uh, and, we, and we know if you will, uh, because uh, we are watching you if you do not comply. The prosecutors additionally alleged that the hackers sent messages to members of the Trump campaign, Republican law members, makers, and members of Congress saying we are altering mail-in ballots and registering folk, fake, fake voters. The hackers also gained access to an unidentified media company's computer network and sought to use it to further spread the disinformation about the 2020 presidential election. The New York Post added the hackers attempt to use the media network was stopped by the company and the FBI itself. The two men were charged with computer fraud, conspiracy, voter intimidation, transmission of interstate threats. Uh, they face 11 years in prison. So, yeah, that's, they did that, okay? No, nothing to see here. No foreign governments. China and Russia, they didn't, they didn't touch the election. No, 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 nothing to see here. And I remind you, if you go to the you know front page of the We the People Convention.org, you'll see the four buttons, and one of them says, you know, that you, you click on this button for election fraud news from all over the country, right? The red button there, the third one, where we just take and keep adding up all the news because there's so much news about election fraud. Okay? It's not a figment of your imagination. We're we're working our way through the courts. We're gonna have some hearings. I'm hearing some rumblings about something that Mike Lindell might file this week before Thanksgiving that's supposed to be a big deal. That would be very interesting if that actually happens. Keep your eyes and ears open for that. Okay, then uh, last story, and, and I'll start to wrap up the show. Report, GOP official quashes rumors that Trump will leave the party. The chief of the Republican National Committee has quashed rumors that President Trump will leave the party. President Trump clearly has not left the party. If he left the party, we would lose. If he left the party, Republicans would lose, explained RNC Chairwoman Rona McDaniel in a call by Paul Bernard at the Washington Examiner. Bernard pointed out that that rumor, which was uh, surfaced periodically, flashed anew because of a claim in a book by Jonathan Carl of ABC. Oh, yeah, you can believe anybody from ABC, as we said about the Rittenhouse trial, where they said uh, the black man was killed by police and he's still alive. He has built our party, he has added a new base. We have become a working class party, Bernard reported. Uh, uh, McDonald told reporters at a roundtable held by the Christian Science Monitor. We have been on the field, he has been on the field helping to elect Republicans, and we think he's going to continue to do that. Now, you will know, and if you go to wethepeopleconvention.org and search on uh, letter to Trump, you will see a letter I wrote to President Trump this past February explaining why he needs to leave the Republican Party, and he should. Okay, and I spell that all out. It's a great read, something you should share. Please do. But as you know, it looks like he's going to stick with the Republicans. And our problem is which Republicans is he going to stick with? Is he going to stick with the guys who voted for the you know phony uh, you know human infrastructure bill? Is he going to stick with the 19 senators who helped pass the Democrats' agenda? Okay, or is he going to stick with warriors? Because you and I know. That this Green New Deal, what are they doing? I showed you the bait and switch, okay? 
And what they're doing is, Joe Manchin said, you can't pass a $3.5 trillion bill because that's too much. So what do they do? They said, okay, we'll pass half that. $1.75 million, trillion, okay? But you Republicans won't have the guts to repeal it. So it'll just keep going and become $3.5 trillion. We need, President Trump needs, we need to elect Republican warriors who will take that back, who will shut that down, who will, who will live the idea that we need smaller government, less government power, less government in our lives. Okay? So as you know, we've been talking to President Trump about, you know, our contract, right? This is our contract. I've been talking to you about it for weeks. I am happy to report to you that the president laid eyes on this document this Thursday. And to my surprise, he liked it. He didn't argue any of the points. The 15 points we got, he agrees with them. Now the question is how to implement it. He doesn't know us very well, okay? And while the people presenting it to him vouch for the We the People Convention, okay, he agrees that we need to do this, but he's not sure what happens if he signs a contract like this. So I'm not sure how we're going to handle this. We're, we're trying to figure out a way that we can make it easier for President Trump to carry this contract to the people he endorses. So what I think is going to happen is I think I'm going to go public with this. I think I'm going to start a, a national conversation and you're going to help me. Okay. So I'm going to write up an article, most likely, that explains what I've been telling you on this podcast for weeks on end. And that is that it is not enough for us to take back the House and Senate next year if we don't take it back with the right people. And it's not enough to say we want to restore our country. That doesn't mean anything. Jordan Peterson talks about it all the time. You've got to get down to the granular level. What precisely will you do? What does it precisely take for us to restore our nation and move forward in a better way? So we need to have that conversation. We need to put in writing, these are the things that we must do. And if you get elected, you have to commit to do these things. So that's the direction I think we're headed. So we're going to make this public and you're going to get to read them. And it's going to get open to criticism. And it's going to get open to people wanting to change it and add to it. And quite frankly, I'm fine with that. Because whatever it is that we decide has to be done, what is most important is that it be done. We cannot allow the left to move the bar all the way to the left and then have Republicans come in and say, well, we won't let them do that again, but we'll stay there. Right? We got to move it to the right. We've got to defeat communism. We've got to defund them. So in our plan, we say government unions are illegal. That's what we say. No money, no federal funds for four-year colleges. No more student loan program. Do what I had to do when I grew up. I had to go to a bank to get a loan to go to college. And they looked at my major and wanted to know if I was a good risk or not. That's the way it should be done. See what happens to college tuition when there's no student loan program, right? 
This document restores our constitutional form of government. It, it completely defangs the bureaucracy, makes Congress do its job, gets rid of the, the late night 2,700 page bills that your congressman never gets to see what's in it, that they just jam down your throat and say it's an emergency, right? Those are gone. There are steps that we can take to restore our nation and get our constitution working again. We lay those steps out clearly in this document. And now we're going to go public with it. I, it looks pretty much like we're going to get President Trump to endorse it. And it looks like we're going to now be able to take it to everyone running in for Republican in, in the Congress or Senate in your state and say, do you agree to this? And if they don't agree with this, we're going to let President Trump know, and we're going to find someone who will agree with this, and we're going to ask President Trump to endorse them. And our polling shows, and I just did a poll, and I can't tell you what, where it was and what it was about, but we did a poll that talked about, you know, your current Republican congressman, what do you think of them? And they had a, you know, moderately favorable opinion, you know, 52%, you know, approved of them. But when we then said, if they were to run in the primary against a Republican, an unnamed Republican who was endorsed by Donald Trump, who would you vote for? Your incumbent Republican or the one, you don't even know who it is, endorsed by Donald Trump? 68% said they would vote for the one endorsed by Donald Trump. That's the key. And Donald Trump cannot endorse him unless they agree to this or something like it. I think that's progress. We're running out of time. This has to be in full flight before the primaries because if your congressman won't sign this, we got to find someone who will and then we got to get them to start running. Okay? So I'm I'm not waiting. I'm going to release this soon. Okay? And that's what we're going to do in the month of December. We're going to try to see who will sign this and who will not. All right. I hope you appreciate that update. I want to, you know, thank all of you for your support. I want to wish you all a very, very happy Thanksgiving. It's it's a great holiday. I love Thanksgiving because there's no pretense. There's not there's nothing, you know, about Thanksgiving, you know, that uh you know, that is bad. It's good food, it's good company, it's good football, it's usually decent weather. It's a great time to be around. I know you're still struggling. We have family that still are afraid of the COVID that we're not going to see. See who you can see and enjoy your time with them. Don't let it stop your happiness. Don't let anything stop your happiness ever, okay? Be a happy warrior. We still live in the greatest country ever in the history of the world, and we're damn lucky to do so. And that's why we give Thanksgiving. And they can tell you it's a racist holiday. They can tell you anything they want. Doesn't matter. It's what you think that matters, okay? Stand for what you believe. Stand for your values. I want you to tell people about this podcast. Uh, you can, you know, uh, send me information, as I mentioned several times. You know, people sent me videos of the truck driver and stories that I wouldn't have seen otherwise. Send them to info at wethepeopleconvention.com. Excuse me, wethepeopleconvention.org. Info at wethepeopleconvention.org. Tell other people about this podcast. Help grow it so we have more people acting. I did. I was aware that some of you had a problem last week where the podcast stopped at the 35-minute mark. And we spent all week trying to fix that. 
and we made some changes. We've never had this problem before. And what was really strange to me is that people said they had the problem on our servers at WePeopleConvention.org and on like Rumble. Well, that didn't make sense because when the show's over, I put it on our servers and then I upload it to Rumble that has their own servers. They have big infrastructure, like YouTube-sized infrastructure. So when you're streaming off a Rumble, that's completely different than the architecture on our website. So there's, there's a backup and I do that on purpose. So the fact that you had trouble with both those tells me it was your, your internet provider was blocking it. Or your device, but it didn't seem to be the device because I had people try their phone and their computer. So it seemed like your internet provider. So again, if you have problems this week, let me know because this is serious because again, they're trying to stop me every way possible of, of talking to you. That's why we get your emails and your, and your texts because they block our emails and the texts get through. Now they may be blocking our podcast. Never fear. We'll keep fighting. Go to Roku and Amazon Fire on your TV. We've never had a problem with that. There's been no censorship on those channels. That's how I watch the show on Roku TV. Just down, go to the app section. You can download a We the People Convention app and then play our videos. However you get the podcast, I appreciate it. I appreciate you watching. I appreciate you sharing this information with other people. I appreciate you going to the website and sharing stories. Please go back and watch the Steve Bannon video. Go back and watch the Michael Schnellenberg video, and then share them. They're awesome, okay? Do that. It'll make you feel a lot better about where you are. Okay. Happy Thanksgiving. Have a great week. We'll be back on the Saturday after Thanksgiving. You're listening to the We The People Convention News Opinion Podcast, and my name is Tom Zawistowski. Let's get